And I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is by his gospel that we know that we can have eternal redemption. Thank God for the work of Christ on our behalf. And thank God for the gospel story, the gospel message. It's good to see you out on this Monday night. And this is a great crowd. My goodness, I'm glad that you're here. And choir, I enjoyed it. Well done. And uh, thank you for those who jumped in. And uh, there's still a little bit of more space. If you'd like to, if you'd like to join tomorrow uh, evening, they have practice about 30 minutes before the service. And you're welcome to come and be a part of that. If you're a part of the church and age 15 on up, you're welcome to come and join. Okay, um, lest I have a revolt, let me dismiss the kiddos, ages four years old up to the third grade. By your leave, mom and dad, you'll follow Miss Brittany out the front right up here. And they will head over to the... Fellowship Hall. Keep it up, two, three, four. <laughs> All right. It doesn't do any good to say anything when that's happening. It's just, we, I found over time, you can say anything you want to during that time. Everybody just like, so it doesn't matter. Okay, the rest of you, you're stuck, and I'm glad that you are. Let's go, let's go to the book of Ephesians. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter number five this evening. Ephesians chapter number five, and in just a minute, we're going to look at a verse here in this chapter. And then it will kind of lead us into a truth that's found other places in Ephesians. And I want us to see it tonight. I think this is important for us. I hope you had a great day. Um, and even if you didn't have a great day, I hope you have a great uh, evening. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I hope you'll come back tomorrow night. Tomorrow night and Wednesday night. I mean, all of a sudden, it's a, it's a um, compact impactful time. It's a short amount of time. So um, just tonight, of course, and then tomorrow night and Wednesday night. And I hope you'll invite folks to come as well. Anybody you know that, uh, that needs the Lord or that you think would like to um, hear more about the Lord, about his word and about what God has for him, this is a great place for you to invite people to come to and hear what God has for us and for all those who have ears to hear what the Spirit says. And that's exactly what we're going to do in just a minute is hear what the Spirit has to say from His Word. All right, you have it? Ephesians chapter 5. If you're physically able, would you mind standing with me to show public respect for the Scriptures? And let's read together verse number 8. I'm going to read it out loud, and you can follow along silently the first time, and then we will read it together out loud in just a moment. The Bible says this, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Let me give the reference and then you read it with me, would you please? Ephesians 5, 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. One more time. Ephesians 5, 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Father, we're coming to your word and to you tonight because we believe that everything that you have to say to us is needful to us. And that everything that you say is right and good. We know that you are worthy for us to obey whatever you have said just because of who you are. And we also acknowledge with a grateful heart that you have many precious promises to those who follow your path. And so that's our desire tonight. 
Father, for those who have gathered together who are already your children by faith in Christ Jesus, we come tonight desiring, I speak on our behalf, we come tonight desiring to hear from you so that we may walk in your way, so that you will be pleased and that you'd be pleased then to bless us as well. And then, Father, if there are some who are in this congregation tonight and they don't know you yet, they've not yet put their faith in your Son for their eternal life, I pray that tonight you'd convince them in the greatest way they have ever been convinced of their sin and of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, of the judgment that is to come, and of what Christ did on the cross as being enough to pay for their sins. I ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for standing. Please be seated. I love summary verses. In the Bible, I love summary verses. In particular, I love verses that take a lot of truth and pack it into um, one, one simple place. Ephesians 5.8 is a summary verse. In essence, everything that the Apostle Paul, who's the human author of the book of Ephesians, God told him what to say, but Paul wrote it down and wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus. Everything that Paul had been explaining, which was quite a lot, a lot of doctrine, a lot of truth, he explains certain, certain aspects about Christ and about um, walking with the Lord and about what church is supposed to be like, that is the body of Christ is supposed to be like, and he explains a lot of different things, and then he gets to Ephesians chapter 5, what we have designated as chapter 5. And in chapter 5, verse number 8, the Apostle Paul just kind of stops and he says, in essence, okay, let me summarize everything I've been saying up to this point. Let me just give you the bullet point version of it. That's my kind of verse, bullet point version. And he says in Ephesians 5.8, read it with me. Here we go. You ready? Ephesians 5.8, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord Walk as children of light. Let's try it once more because some of you closed your Bibles <laughs> after we sat down. All right, here we go. Ephesians 5.8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Okay, so what I'd like to do tonight is start off, because we're going to look and see what it is that he is summarizing, the truth that he thinks so important that he restates, again, God doesn't waste words. So if he restates something or summarizes something, that means this is important. Make sure that you get it. But in order to look at this, I want to start off with two words. Now, two words are different. They sound similar. They mean something different. And I'm going to invite a little bit of back and forth this evening. So even if you're not in the habit of talking out loud in services um, tonight, it's going to be acceptable when it's appropriate. Now, when it's not, then boys and girls, listen carefully. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I'm going to invite a little bit of back and forth tonight. Um, let's, let's first, the first word is the word justification or justify. Justification or justify. So I want you to tell me, what does the word justification or justify mean? What does it mean? Okay, I heard just as if I'd never sinned. Anybody else ever heard this phrase along with justification, just as if I'd never sinned, which is actually more of a description than a definition, but it is, it is correct. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I, I like that. Declared not guilty. Any, anybody else? Yes, sir. 
Okay, to be made right in the sight of God. All of these are in the same vein, and they really are true. Now, I want to tell you what I had an 11-year-old kid say to me one time when I asked this question. I asked the entire group um, what justification meant, and the only one brave enough to answer was an 11-year-old kid. And he said, he stopped for a second, and then he says, it's why I say I'm right. Like, it's why I say I'm right. And then I tried to think about it from an 11-year-old perspective, which is to say, when your kid brother is crying and your mom walks into the room to see you standing over top of your kid brother, and she says, did you hit him? And an 11-year-old says, yes, but mom, but mom. And then he goes on to explain why it was right for him in this case to be able to hit his kid brother. In essence, what he is doing is he's declaring himself to be right. The word justification or justified means, we'll use justification, to be declared righteous. Now, justification is what takes place as far as spiritually speaking in God's eyes. Justification is what takes place the moment I put my faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I, I am a sinner by nature, by choice. I'm separated from God. I can do nothing to earn my salvation. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth. He lived a life I could not live, and he died a death on the cross that he did not deserve to die in order to pay for my sins and for yours and for the sins of the world. You know this. And when a person who recognizes, I can't save me, but Jesus Christ can, and they put their faith in Christ, they receive Jesus Christ as Savior, at that moment, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is applied to their sins, and their sins are washed away. It's forgiven, it's taken care of. And in that same moment, the Bible says that God Bible word, imputes. He puts to the account of the person receiving Christ the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now, justification happens the moment I put my faith in Christ. It is a complete act of God. He does for me what I cannot do for myself. The blood of Christ washes away my sin. The righteousness of Christ is given to me. And when God looks at me as I have received Christ, when God looks at me, he sees me through the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for justification. Now, justification is an act that happens by God at salvation, and when it's done, it's done. Done and done. Justification. To be declared righteous. An act of God done the moment I trust the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. God gives to me the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and it's finished. Okay. Second word, sounds similar, means something different. Second word is the word sanctification sanctification so we have justification justification means what <laughs> okay I told you you're going to be a little bit of back and forth here this evening that's all right so justification means to be declared righteous justification means to be declared righteous now sanctification is different sanctification is it means to be set apart 
And a sanctification is a process where over time, I begin to live out what I am as a justified person. Okay, stop and think. I want to make sure you're staying with me. What am I as a justified person? What am I? I'm righteous. Specifically, whose righteousness is it that I have as a justified person? It's not my righteousness. It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So in sanctification, this process where over time I begin to live out what I am as a justified person, that is, I begin to live out the righteousness, but not just any righteousness. I begin to live out the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That is, in sanctification, I or we who have been justified begin to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Okay, now a couple things real quickly. Number one, justification and sanctification are different. Justification, an act of God, it's done the moment I trust the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. God gives to me the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Sanctification, different, is a process where over time I begin to live out what I am as a justified person. Okay, look, and it's not a matter of that I am sanctified, I become more and more like Jesus Christ to the degree finally I reach a point where God says, okay, you've done enough, so now I'll go ahead and justify you. I'll go ahead and give you the rest of the righteousness that you couldn't quite get to before. It's not that at all. Justification comes first. So justification and sanctification are different. You don't work to become righteous and then finally you get the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Uh-uh. Justification happens by faith in Christ. God does it. Sanctification is the process. So they're different. Okay, but stay with me. While justification and sanctification are different, you can't separate justification and sanctification. They're connected. The Bible declares that it has been predetermined, predestined, that those who have been justified will be sanctified. Now, there's a sense in which that will ultimately take place when this robe of flesh we drop and rise to meet our Savior in the skies. But it is the full intention of God that every person who is justified will be sanctified. And sometimes in an attempt to make sure nobody gets confused that justification is its own entity and sanctification is its own entity and you don't get justification through sanctification, sometimes we can preach justification without sanctification. But when you do that, you do something the Bible doesn't do. Because consistently through all the scripture, it is this justification happens and what is supposed to take place? This sanctification. And 
it's important to the heart of God. It's valuable in God's eyes. Now, the reason why it took so long to talk about justification and sanctification when the words aren't even in the verse that we just said is because while the words are not in the verse, the concepts are. So I want to read the verse one more time. And I'm going to stop partway through. And I want you to tell me if the part of the verse that I read is talking about justification and sanctification. So Ephesians 5.8 says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Okay, stop right there. Is that justification or sanctification? Justification. justification. Okay, you were darkness. In other words, there was a time when you didn't get it. You were not, um, you were... You didn't understand, you had not received, you had not come to faith in Christ. Maybe, maybe you didn't understand that sin was so bad, or that um, hell was real, or you, didn't, you, had, you did not realize that what Christ did on the cross, he had done for you. you. You weren't in the light, but you were darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. In other words, now, hey, the Holy Spirit turned on the light, the Word of God given to you, the gospel was preached to you, and God allowed it to make sense in your mind, and you put your trust in Christ. At that moment, you became light in the Lord. So that's justification. All right, then the last part of the verse says, walk as children of light. Justification or sanctification? There's only one left, people, so get it right. <laughs> Sanctification. Walk as children of life. Okay, so walk. Uh, this would be, in, in life terminology, um, this would just be make, make your choices, your decisions. Live your life. Your life is made up of the choices that you make. So make your choices. Walk your walk. Uh, the journey of life that you take. Walk as a child of light. That is, what you became in justification, which is what? Not light, but what? What did you become as a justified person? Okay, whose righteousness was it? Is it? Okay, Jesus Christ. And now, I'm supposed to walk as a child of that light. That is, I'm supposed to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is what, this is what God inspired the Apostle Paul to take a moment and stop and say, hey, make sure that you get this. Now, justification is something that, especially at this church, I know is presented and preached in a clear and simple way so that a child can understand it. For that, I thank God. I want... I want to key in on the second part of Ephesians chapter 5 in verse number 8, the walking as children of light. Because once we have been justified, declared by God to be righteous, then it's God's intention, both for his glory and our good, that my life then shows that I have been justified. That is, that I am more and more and more and more like Jesus Christ. And sometimes in the journey of life as believers, we can, um, we can get sidelined or get satisfied, become stagnant in this process. And it is a process, which means, by the way, that I can't look at somebody's life and go, oh, you're not being sanctified as fast as I think you should be, therefore you're not justified. Nope, justification doesn't come by sanctification. Justification comes through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what's done and done. But it is God's intention then that this sanctification process happens. So then, 
How am I to be more and more like Jesus Christ? Now, here's, here's what I'm afraid of. Sometimes when I, um, when I preach on justification, sanctification, from any passage, justification, sanctification, I preach on justification, and the heart of all believers say, amen and amen, I've been declared righteous, it's the act of God, I could do nothing, it's my faith in Christ, hallelujah, thank God for justification. And then I say, and you're supposed to live just like Jesus Christ, and you go, oh... I mean, that was glorious because God did it. And now this. This is, this is a burden on my shoulders. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can bear this. Okay, stop and just, just stop for a second and think. First of all, wouldn't it be great to be just like Jesus Christ? Ladies who are married... Wouldn't it be great if your husband was just like Jesus Christ? <laughs> Husbands. Wouldn't it be great if your wife was just like Jesus Christ? Hey, parents. Wouldn't it be great if your children... <laughs> ...were just like Jesus Christ? Hey, kiddos, teens, wouldn't it be great if your parents were just like Jesus Christ? Yes. Can I have a witness? Okay. <laughs> the point I'm making with this frivolity is this. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. The reason why we t are tempted to go is because we go, but I've, <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> I've tried. Uh, uh, I've tried, and I just, I just, I mean, not fully, anyway. I just, I just can't. Okay, now stop, 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 stop. Think for a second. Um, firstly, this. We have flesh. Our flesh is not saved. You know that, right? Flesh dies. It, it, it will die. Unless the Lord Jesus Christ returns, all flesh will, will die. The flesh has a bent towards that which is evil so that there is a battle that goes on even for we who have been justified and are in the process of being sanctified. So, so there is a battle. Okay, but listen to me. Please catch this. Please get this because this is all throughout the Bible and it really is true and it makes all the, it makes all the difference in the world if you are willing to believe God about this, First Baptist. Moms, dads, husbands, wives, young men, young ladies, kiddos. If you're willing to believe God in regards to what he says, then faith is the victory. And it is not God's intention for justification to work the way God intended for it to work, but for sanctification to fail. The message of the Bible is not one of defeat. The message of the Bible is one of victory. Not victory without battle, but it is a, it is a message of victory in Jesus. When Christ declared, it is finished, the power over sin did not stop at justification. 
the power over sin continued and continues all the way through this sanctification process. So here's where I think, according to what I've read here, here's what I think becomes the issue with us not living farther along in this process of being like Jesus Christ the way God intends for us to be. I think the reason why is, one, because of unbelief. That is, we think, oh yeah, that sounds nice in a very doctrinal way. I understand that the blood of Christ is powerful enough that there's victory in Jesus. I get that. Amen, amen, amen. But as far as actively living based on that faith, then, then we're not, we're living in unbelief. Secondly, I think sometimes the reason why we live in unbelief about it is because we don't understand exactly what it is that God is trying to do in this process. And if you don't understand, if you don't get the reason why, then it's a little harder to get on board. Um, have, I, have I ever told you guys about um, death juice that my wife makes? Have I told you all about this? Okay, real, real quickly. Really quickly. Um, for a long time. We have not done it for the last couple months. But for a lot of years, my wife every morning will make what I call death juice. Death juice is two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar along with cayenne pepper and, yeah, I know, I know, um, ginger and cinnamon, a little drip of honey, hardly worth mentioning. And then you pour some warm water, mix it up, and she, and she um, tells me I'm supposed, I'm, supposed to drink, I'm supposed to drink this. Okay, now, if there's anybody here that likes apple cider vinegar, like you like the taste of it, I know your taste buds are old. That's, that's, all, that's all it can mean. It can't, even if you're a young person, your taste buds are old. Just talking about it makes the back, does that happen to anybody else? It makes the back of my tongue start to sweat. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what happens. It's not good. But my wife, my wife promises me that if I will drink this every day, that I will live four days longer than I would have otherwise lived. Okay. And those had better be four good days. I'm just saying they better be good. All right. So I don't wake up. I don't. I don't wake up in the morning and think to myself, can't wait for death juice this morning. I think to myself, get through death juice so I can have some coffee. That's kind of what goes through my mind. Okay. But knowing the reason why allows me to be on board with it. You see what I'm saying? So if you don't understand the reason why something is being done, you miss, you can miss it. So real quickly, and I mean it, but I want to show this to you. It's just the passage before in Ephesians chapter 4. I told you already Ephesians 5, 8 is a summary verse. He summarizes what he's been teaching. In fact, he starts off in Ephesians talking about justification. Ephesians 2, 8. Anybody have it memorized? For by grace are you saved through faith. So that would be what? Justification or sanctification? 
justification. So he's talking about Ephesians 2, justification. You get into Ephesians 3 and into, ch into chapter 4, and he begins to use justification as basically a runway to say that justification is supposed to lead to this in your life. And he talks about in Ephesians chapter 4 about the gifts that were given to church in order to help equip them so that they can do the work of the ministry and the church can be edified. That's all sanctification. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse number 22, he gives to us, Paul does by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he gives to us three elements, three truths that make up this process of sanctification. And the reason why it matters at all for you to know this is not to put another bit of information in your head, but because if you know it, then you can get on board with what it is God is wanting to do in this process of sanctification. And you can become more and more like Jesus Christ because you'll be able to live according to faith, knowing what the Bible has to say. So this is important. So stay with me. And I already know that a lot of what I'm about to say, you're going to go, yeah, Brother Tim, we know this, we know this, we know this, we know this. But there's a part of this that for years and years and years I missed. And because I missed this one simple part of this process, uh, this process of sanctification was stunted in my life. Okay, so verse number 22. <laughs> Let me get back up to my Bible. Verse number 22, Ephesians chapter 4. The Bible says, that ye, well, let me back up. Verse, verse 17 says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk, not as other Gentiles walk, believers, justified ones, in the vanity of their mind. That's how they walk. They have their understanding darkened. They walk in ignorance. Verse 19. They're given unto lasciviousness, license. They work greedily and uncleanly. Verse 20. But ye have not so learned the Lord Jesus Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. And, there he, and then he begins to explain about this process of sanctification. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24. And that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Okay. Now I love these verses for several reasons. One is the simplicity of it. Because God gives to us here through the writing of Paul just three simple truths. The first one is that ye put off. Put off. And then secondly, in verse number 23, he says, and be renewed. And in verse number 24, he says, and that ye put on the new man. So these are the three steps in this process. And all three are important, so stay with me, all right? The first one, put off. Put off concerning the former conversation. Okay, help me, church. Um, the word conversation in the Bible, most often it means... Okay, conduct or lifestyle, manner of living. All right, so put off concerning the former conversation. Which one? Well, the old man, the greedy, the lascivious, the one where other Gentiles, people who don't know God, where they walk. Put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt. It's spoiled. It's rotten. It's been in the fridge for three weeks. It's corrupt according to deceitful lusts. That is, it promised something to you it could not provide. The deceitful lusts. And then the Bible says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We'll come back to that in a second. The last part says, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness. Okay. <laughs> Whose righteousness? Right. Yeah. Created in righteousness and true holiness. Who's the holy one? Yeah. 
unto good works. So this is, this is what he's bringing us to. So to put off and to put on. Okay, stop just for a second. And look up here, please. And please, maybe this will connect with your way of thinking currently or in the past. For years, I, I knew, I grew up in a Christian home. I told you yesterday, my dad was my pastor for a lot of my growing up life. I, I grew up in the Bible, in church, and for years, I don't think it was preached this way, but the way I heard it in my head was this. I knew that salvation was a gift of God. He gave to me full forgiveness by the blood of Christ. And on top of that, he gives me the righteousness of Jesus Christ to my account. It was done by God. It was done and done. Thank God for it. And then I thought to myself, now that I have been saved, I know that the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. There's this great change that's supposed to be in my life. So my mind said, Thompson, speaking to me, not my dad, Thompson, Stop doing what's bad and start doing what's good. Stop doing the things that the people in the world who don't know Christ do and start living like a good Christian. This is wrong. This is right. Come on, Thompson, do it. And it worked for two days. <laughs> or if there was a revival meeting, maybe it would last a week. Or if I went to camp, a week and a half. Why? Well, because it's, un it's unsustainable. I, I can't put off and then just determine that I'm going to start doing what's right. Okay, and then the Lord opened up my eyes to verse number 23. And friends, it's changed absolutely everything. It changed everything in this process of sanctification. The Bible says in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Hey, give me um, some synonyms for the word renewed, would you please? Renovated? To make new, revived, refreshed. Okay, my favorite is renovated. It's what, it's what I like. Renovated to, to be to be changed. Okay, so then the question becomes: Is this something that I can? I mean, is it something that I can do? Is it something I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to renovate the spirit of my mind, the way that I think? So the Bible says, and it's a Command, and be renewed in the speed of your mind. So then I go, how can I do that? And then it hits me. Oh. This is passive, not active. That is, be renewed while it's a command is not an active. It's not you renew, it's you be renewed. And it was this aha moment of, oh, this is the work of the Holy Spirit of God in us. 
This is why Christ said, it is expedient for you that I go away because when I go away, I'm going to send someone who is going to be with you and in you. And he's going to remind you of me. And he's going to guide you. And he's going to instruct you. And it was, for, for me, it was this moment of, oh, so while I have responsibility, and you do too, to put off concerning former conversation, that is, you have to make the decision and have the discipline to say no to some things and even to put on things that are right. But the work, the power, the engine to all of this is that God himself living in us in the midst of my putting off and putting on is actually doing a full renovation not only in my life but in the spirit of my mind meaning the very way that I think what I want well that's glorious because I don't have he said that he will actually change my desires to start desiring the things of Christ. As I put off and as I put on and as my, listen, faith, my dependence is on the Holy Spirit of God to do in me, listen please, what he says he will do. Then that faith Activates the grace, the giving, the provision, the enabling of God in my life as the Holy Spirit actually begins to conform me into the image of Jesus Christ. So that it's no longer a, I know a temper is wrong. I gotta stop that. I gotta start smiling all the time. Come on, smile. While I do have to stop. Losing the temper, and I should put on the smile. What God says that he will do is change my heart so that it's actually my desire to have the smile. And if that renovation is not taking place, then oftentimes... It means that I'm not trusting the Holy Spirit to do what he says he'll do. Here's how it changes your, life, changes your life practically. When you're faced with something that you know is wrong and you decide not to do it, after the I'm not going to be involved in, I'm not going to look at, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to react, I'm not going to respond that way, I'm going to respond this way instead. What it means is you get to breathe a prayer to the Holy Spirit of God and not just say, Please help me do right. Please help me do right. No, 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 no. That's, forgive me, that's chump change. The prayer is, would you please change my heart to want to do right? What a difference. Now, the rest of Ephesians 4, verses 25 and following, are specific examples. I want to show you a Two, and both of them are going to be fast. Verse 25, 
And somebody started out for me. What, is, what does it say? <laughs> putting away lying. Okay. So putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. Okay, okay, catch this. So according to verse 25, what am I supposed to put off? Okay, put off lying. What am I supposed to put on? Okay. Why? What's the heart change? What's the renovation that takes place? It's in the verse. Okay, this is important. This is why we're looking at it. It says, for, because we are members one of another. What does that mean? Well, what it means is this. The renovation of the Holy Spirit of God in me to cause me to want to tell the truth is this. That I care more about you than I do about me. That my heart is like the Lord's heart to the degree that, no, I'm not going to lie to you. Why? Well, because lying's wrong. Nope, it's not the reason. Because my love for you exceeds love for myself. Lying is always a self-motivated thing. I lie to protect myself. I lie to uplift myself. Well, somebody says, can't you lie for somebody else? Nope, you really can't. When you lie on behalf of somebody else, so-called, what you're doing is you're lying so that person will continue to like you. It's always self-motivated. But truth is all that can be love-motivated. Now, truth is not always love-motivated, but Christ's truth is always love-motivated. So that when I'm tempted to lie about anything, I say, no, I'm going to put that off, and I'm going to tell the truth, but in the midst, I'm saying, Lord, would you cause me to love these people to the degree that there's no way I would lie to them? Would you change my heart to be like Jesus Christ? Let me show you one other one. Verse 28. Is that let him that stole? Is that right? Okay, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that need it. Okay, so what am I supposed to put off? Okay. And what am I supposed to put on? All right. So if God had had me write this verse, which he did not, here's what I would have said because it makes sense to me. Hey. Don't steal to get the things that you want. That's bad. Don't steal to get the things that you want. Instead, work to get the things that you want. In fact, we even, we even say this, um, we say this as believers in response to a culture where there are young people who are growing up who don't work. We're saying, look, you can't, you can't steal from the people who work. Don't steal work to get the things that you want. Now let me ask you a question. Is that what the verse says? He says, don't steal, that's wrong. Labor, work with your hands, that's good. Why? What's the heart change? What's the, the catch this, what is the renovation of the Spirit of God? What is the heart of Christ in regards to work? Labor, the thing which is good that you may have to Wow. So let me ask you, is that why you go to work? <laughs> Too much honesty on the front row. <laughs> yeah. The point being, we have some room in the renovation process. But I want, 
I want you to see what it is that the Holy Spirit of God is wanting to renovate. He's not wanting to just reform your actions. He's wanting to renovate the very way that you think to cause you to live like Christ with such love for others that it's going to cause you to tell the truth. And your speech is always going to be an edification, not in tearing down. And you're going to actually work in order to have, to give to people that need. That's what God wants to do in you. That's the love of Jesus Christ. That is, forgive the phrase, radical renovation because it is such a far cry from anything this world lives for or proposes. But let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who went through everything he went through, not for his own personal, physical benefit, but that he might bring us to God. That's love. And let me ask one more time. Wouldn't you like to be married to a person like that? And don't you think your neighbors would like a neighbor like that? And don't you think that the world needs to see a church like that where the Holy Spirit is working in us so that our love for others is to the degree that of course we're going to do right by other people and of course we can give and of course we'll spend and be spent huh. may God help us to truly step forward in faith believing that God will do what he says he'll do in this process of sanctification. Father, I bless your name and I thank you in the name of Jesus for the justification that you accomplish in us, that you have declared us because of the Lord Jesus Christ to be righteous when we call on him to save us. And I thank you, God, that you're even willing to renovate us when we're here on this earth, though we fight and battle with this flesh during this time, that you promised that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And I ask now that you would allow this truth to resonate in the hearts and minds of every believer in this auditorium, that as we walk out, we would walk out in faith and in dependence on you by your spirit to work in us as your spirit using your word does that renovating process. Change our hearts, oh God, as we live in obedience about putting off and putting on. Please renovate us. In the name of Christ I ask, with heads bowed and eyes closed, before pastor comes and closes the service, however he sees fit, let me just ask, how many this evening would say by an uplifted hand, Brother Tim, I know based upon what God has said and based upon my decision to trust Jesus Christ as Savior, I know that I have been justified. I have been declared by God 
to be righteous. If that's something you know through faith in Jesus Christ, may I see your hand if that's, if that's the confidence you have? You may put your hands down. Who would say this evening, Tim, I don't know that I have been justified. I don't know that God has declared me to be righteous. I don't know that I have trusted Christ as Savior, but if I could know that, I would like to. And you'd say by an uplifted hand, I want God to declare me to be righteous, but I don't know that I've made my decision to trust Christ, and I would like to. Would you slip up your hand if that's your desire and your need tonight? I don't see anyone raising a hand, so by the lack, I'm going to assume that most in here have already been justified. Now, I wonder how many justified persons in this auditorium tonight would say, Brother Tim, tonight I see the importance and the necessity of this process of sanctification, and I see that I have been trusting myself to do the, pro to do the sanctifying and tonight, I see that I need to depend on the Holy Spirit to renovate my desires, the spirit of my mind. I see tonight that I need and I want God to do in me what only he can do. And my decision is a decision of faith tonight in God to do what he says he'll do in renovating um, my very desires. And you'd say by an uplifted hand, this is what I have needed, and I see that. If that's true for you, may I pray with you about it? Okay. Number of hands, God bless you. That's great. That's great. And let's just take a minute, and let's talk to the Lord about it, right where you sit. Brady's going to begin to play the piano in just a moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the Lord to hear your prayer, and when I'm finished, if God has dealt in your heart about this matter of sanctification, and about having our desires changed, the spirit of our minds renovated, then I want you, I would encourage you rather, to come to God in faith. The Holy Spirit, using the word of God, will renovate the way that you think. He'll do it. He'll do it. He said he will. He doesn't lie. He'll do it. You ask him to. Holy Spirit of God, please work in the hearts of these who are about to ask. Father, hear our prayer. Answer speedily. Let us enjoy the victory that you've promised in Christ. And we do look forward to the day when our faith becomes sight and there's no more battle with the flesh. But until then, O oh God, we believe that you are able to allow us to triumph. And so we come to you in faith and in the name of Jesus. As Brittany plays, God dealt in your heart. Why don't you just talk to him right now? Father, we believe you, just like we have believed you regarding our salvation. 
We believe you that you will renovate us and that you will sanctify us, that we will become more and more like your son inside out. And for that, we bless your name and thank you. Please continue to do that work in us. Cause us to be more and more like Jesus Christ. And though we fall, we'll not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth us with his hands. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.